Hello and welcome to Ossia, a podcast from One Voice Chorus. I'm Corey Davis, the Artistic Director of One Voice, and your host for today. An Ossia is a musical term that literally means something optional, a passage that can be played instead of the original, and it's usually fun and interesting. While our chorus has not been able to meet in person to sing during the pandemic, we created this podcast instead. I'll join with members of the chorus, along with guests from our community, for enlightening and entertaining conversations, then, acting as a sort of choral sommelier, we'll pair the episode with a piece of music from our archives, or which we've created virtually, with everyone recording their own part individually and putting them together after the fact. For this episode, which you're hearing in the background right now, I've chosen a piece called Love is Love by Randy Driscoll and arranged by Kevin Robeson and Tim McKnight. And the chorus previously recorded this piece on our 2015 album entitled Home. Jan Maynard and Kathy Murphy met as singers in One Voice Chorus back in 2001 and have just celebrated their 20th anniversary. For both of them, the chorus has served as an anchor, supporting them when they couldn't support each other and helping to reconnect them to their families. I sat down with them to talk about their relationship, the importance of singing with an LGBTQIA chorus, and how things have changed over the years. So tell me about the first time that you met each other. I think the first time we actually remember that we met each other was at a, um, what is it? It was like a welcome barbecue we had at one of the members' houses. Around Labor Day. Like before we started with for the season. Well, it was actually my first year, first. so I was like a first, I was a new member, and I went to the, you know, meet and greet barbecue, and that's when we actually talked to each other for the first time. We met and and you know knew who each other was, and you know uh, spoke to each other in passing at rehearsals. It was the dinners after after singing where we really got to know each other. Oh, was it love at first sight then, or? Actually, when Jan and I met in September, early September of 2000, I had been, I was in a relationship. You know, I was working, I had two dogs. There was nothing wrong with my relationship except that it wasn't the right relationship for me to be in. You know, over probably about a six-month period of time, I knew I wasn't where I was supposed to be, but that was also during the time that I had met Jan. So what made you decide to finally take that leap and start a relationship with Jan and leave your other relationship? I was feeling very um, torn. I knew I was attracted to Jan, but I wasn't 100% convinced that it was real. I, I knew that I was not feeling terribly committed to the commitment I had with somebody else. But I wasn't sure if that was, you know, if it was really because I had developed feelings for Jan or if it was just that the relationship had run its course and I just wasn't where I needed to be. When I left that relationship, it was, in, it was at the end of December of 2000. And I took a leap of faith and I moved out and with nowhere to go. And a friend let me stay in her spare bedroom for a couple of weeks and, you know, till I could find some place to live. 
and Jan had a friend who was renting, who had a house in Concord that she was wanting to rent out. And Jan was like, well, would you be interested in looking at that? And I was like, okay, I got no other option. Okay. So you got out of your other relationship and got that sorted out. Um, so tell me about when things started heating up, so to speak, between you and Jan. <laughs> After chorus one night, I went to Jan's house because she was living in Concord. I can't exactly remember the order of things, but she kissed me that night. And <laughs> and that was kind of, it was like, it was so funny because she was like, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I really am sure. And she said, well, I guess this is as good a time as any. And she like smacked, smacked one on me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, you know, it was funny. It was funny. It was cute, you know, because it was, it was kind of tentative, but kind of urgent at the same time. Like, ooh, and I, and I was kind of shocked because I was not, I didn't really know how she felt because she had never said anything. So, Jan, what were you feeling during all of this? What, what's, tell us your side of the story. Obviously, I think both of us knew there were sparks. You know, and that there was there was definitely potential there, but I certainly was not going to do anything until she took care of the relationship she was already in. And that's why I never said anything. Well, she interviewed me. She interviewed me. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh, what what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, it was like, you don't have any credit card debt? And I was like, no, I don't. Check. You know, it's like I could... You know, I could see the mental checklist that she was going down. Okay, she got a job. She doesn't have any credit card debt. How do you? <laughs> you don't smoke? No, no, not a smoker. You know, bah, 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 bah. Jan, was there something big that you were trying to ask about when you were interviewing Kathy? The biggest one was, what is your relationship with your family? I was lo- I was looking for someone who, number one was out to their family and wouldn't wouldn't try to hide the relationship because that's very very difficult. I lived that. I never wanted to do that again. And I also wanted to wanted someone that I knew really cared deeply for their family because I cared very deeply for mine. And I I felt like if they cared for their family like I cared for mine, it would be a good match. That was a big priority for me too that I'd be with somebody who was out to their family and because my relation in, in neither of the two previous relationships I'd had was the, was my partner out with their family. Right. So you both uh, figured out that you really valued and prioritized that commitment to your family relationships. And it just, you know, it's hard when you feel like you are just in this, really special relationship and you care so much for this person and they won't even acknowledge you or validate the relationship they have with you to their family. So their families never know like the depth of caring that's there or who you are to that person. And, and that, that hurts, that hurts after a while. Yeah. So, so that checked a box, a big box for both of us. And and the the great thing the great thing about that is our neither one of our fathers were living, 
but both of our mothers were and 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 our mothers met each other when they both came to town to come to a one voice concert <laughs> and so yeah so so my mom and Kathy's mom met each other because because they both came to support us in the chorus and they would sit together for, they would come to all the concerts and they would sit together and they would, you know, they, they hit it off and, you know, they would sit out on the porch drinking coffee and just yakking for hours. And, you know, so that was, that was really cool. And, and when my mom passed away and then Kathy's mom passed away two years later, the first concert after both of our moms were gone, my sister came from New York and Kathy's sister came from Greensboro and they sat together. So we were looking out in the audience at our sisters sitting together instead of our moms. And so, you know, both of our families, you know, they saw our love of the chorus and, you know, that we found each other in the chorus and that we both loved the chorus so much. So they love the chorus and they support the chorus too. And it just, it was, it was kind of neat to, it was kind of, it was kind of neat and kind of sad in, in the same way because you know we were so used to seeing our moms sitting out there and but our sisters picked up the slack and took their places you know yeah we looked out and it was our sisters Can you talk a little bit about the role the chorus has played in your relationship over the years so i took i had to take a five-year hiatus from the chorus although i did get to come to all of the all of the shows and i went to uh Gala, I went to the festival. I took time off from work and went to the festival. So I got to see everybody. But you know, after that five years was up, well, during that five years, there were people from the chorus like that that were here for Kathy when something happened when I couldn't be. You know, and I mean, it was just, it's, the chorus is really special because they, they step up when, when somebody needs something within the chorus family. And, um, and when I came back and and, re, and started singing again five years later, it was a whole new chorus. It does seem like there's not a lot of people now who have been there for a very long time. You know, we have a core so. group of people that have been around for, you know, 10 plus years. And then, but a lot of, a lot of folks we've, are very young and, you know, coming in new, but it's, it's really cool. Okay. I'm 63 and I was 43 when Kathy, there's six years difference between Kathy and I. So I was 43 and she was 37 and I'm 63 now. And when, when I was, I graduated from high school in 1975 and back then you just didn't come out. It was not safe because anything you ever heard, it was all negative. I came out to my family at 23 and that was all she wrote. I was just who I was. And if you didn't like it too bad, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I still, but I Good was still, you. I still was concerned about getting fired from my job because there were no laws to protect me. Right. You know, and Kathy was too, because she was a school teacher. Yeah. I hid under the umbrella title of we were the gay lesbian and gay affirmative course of Charlotte. When I first saw Kathy in the chorus, I would have, I would have thought she was straight. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what makes does. you say that? When I would just look over at her, you know, she was always dressed really nicely and her hair was always just right. And she always had makeup and lipstick on and uh, just, you know, from only seeing her, her appearance, she was, you know, I didn't really didn't even, even think lipstick lesbian, you know? 
But so I was actually kind of surprised when I found out she was gay. I started telling you what I thought was a funny story about us uh-huh. because when we had what we called our, our, our coming out party, there was a one voice chorus event that we did every year that was a gala fundraiser. So we had been together months and a half or so, and we hadn't told anybody because, you know, we were still kind of new to the whole thing too and not really sure where everything stood with each other and you know it was just none of anybody else's business you know it was one of these new things you want to kind of keep to yourselves for a while we were holding hands walking in and it was like okay well i guess this will be our coming out party because people will see us together and one (laughs) one of our our female tenors, she went up to Jan and she said, are you holding hands with Kathy Murphy? And Jan said, yes, I am. She said, no, I mean, are you holding hands with Kathy Murphy? And Jan said, yes, I am. (laughs) Oh, God. I I have loved that story for 20 years almost, it just was so funny to me, the way she was like, no, man, you're holding hands, look at the memory. <laughs> and Jan was like, why, well, yes, I am. <laughs> well, you know, you know, there were two, there was another couple, Jean and Terry, who also did their coming out party that night, and they just celebrated their 20th anniversary yesterday. Oh, interesting. We started the conversation with that in mind, but we've actually talked a lot about other stuff too it's just really interesting to hear hear your experience and which is obviously so different from my experience it just makes me so happy that you guys can just be who you are and just that's just how it is you know we 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 helped get we helped get us to that point yeah a hundred million percent (laughs) thank you Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah well and you know all those stereotypical lesbians in their flannel with their short hair and athletic builds and rough and tumble walk and all those things that we think of as being indicative of lesbians, you know, they paved the way for me too, because there's not just one type of woman who will find herself attracted to other women. Because it's like you can be any kind of lesbian anymore. You know, it's not just this one look. Right. Like you can be, you can be who you are, period. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, you can just be. I, and I have to say about the chorus too, I, I have really learned so much about trans people. And if I were not in the chorus, I would not have learned as much as I have learned about trans people. You know, the, uh, that's the only place that I've really met trans people is in the chorus. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, my, my bar days are pretty much long gone. I don't go out in the bars anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and the fact that, that these young, younger trans people or, you know, gender nonconforming people were willing to, to, to teach us, you know, us old farts, 
who who don't know all that stuff and are we're willing to sit down and say, hey, you know, here's this and this and this and and help lead us to understand where where young people are, you know? Yeah. And they've been great. We because uh, we've had more of an influx in the last couple of years. Most of the folks have been very receptive to my saying, I want to be an advocate. I want to be an ally, but I don't know what I'm talking about. So can you help me understand X, Y, Z? And they have been fabulous because they're like, yeah, heck yeah. We want as many people understanding and standing up for us as possible. So they understand the benefit of making allies out of the other people in the LGBT community, even those of us who are long past our bar days and <laughs> right, <laughs> whatever. Because, right. you know, it's like, hey, we're retired now. We've got all the time on our hands that we want to go protest. But, you know, <laughs> let us know what we're protesting for and let us, you know, use the proper language on our protest signs or something, you know? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, that I thank you for saying that. I I think the same is true for me. Like I, I have encountered most of my experiences with trans folks through choral music, and and obviously that has another um, implication with regard to like teaching people whose voices are changing and stuff like that. But but chorus has yeah, been a good yeah. place for me too to to just learn about it. If you had to, like, look ahead in your crystal ball for the next 20 years of chorus, what would you imagine, or what would you ideally imagine as, like, the role of chorus in that future? You know, there was a time, <clears throat> I would say probably back in maybe 2003, 2004, where things were really starting to turn around for the LGBT community, and people were becoming way more accepting. And I, I at the time, was wondering if, the chorus's purpose had run its course. Well, as you can see, here we are now in 2021. And as far as I'm concerned, we are more needed than ever because, because I clearly thought we were much further down the road with racism and homophobia and all of that than we actually are. Music brings people together. Somebody will always have, um, a story about one voice being part of their coming out journey. Cause we have had that so many times with people who were questioning or we've had, you know, a daughter who had two daddies, you know, two dads. I mean, she was an adult at that point, but you know, she had two dads. We've had parents who have gay children in the group. We've had, you know, a lot of folks who were previously married and kind of came out later in life, and this was all part of their coming out journey. I know one of the things that my mom was, I mean, she was always so super supportive, but she she sat in the audience and she just cried <laughs> through every concert, you know, because she was so happy to see me able to express myself and to do what I so enjoy doing. And she was so thrilled that I had found such a nice group of people to be friends with. It just so reassured her that I was in a good place. 
because I was part of this chorus. And I think that we're always going to have that role to play for somebody. We still are very relevant. And I think that, I think music is always going to be a huge part of the healing that happens in our, in our world. So I think, I think that's where we're going to see us. 20 years from now, I'll be hobbling in with my cane. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be going, I can't memorize this music anymore. <laughs> I'm 83 years old. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully there'll be some sort of technology solution to help with the hobbling by that point. <laughs> <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. I don't think I'll be hobbling. I'll think I'll be running in there just like I am right now. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> running circles around all the young folks. Now let's enjoy. Love is love. There's a wind that blows from here to South Dakota. There's a fire that whips right through the skies in old Santa Fe. There's a girl tonight asleep in San Antonio. And a boy who feels it out in West L.A. There's a million voices singing by the river. There's a hundred lovers dancing in the sand There's a bridge that brings the two sides together And a piece that paints the skyline of the land No. 
There's a wind that blows from here to Alabama. There's a fire in Tacoma, and it burns to Tennessee. There's a girl tonight asleep in Carolina, and the dreams she dreams is Asia is a podcast from One Voice Chorus, the LGBTQIA and Allies Chorus of Charlotte, North Carolina. View our performances on YouTube and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching One Voice Chorus Charlotte. Our website is www.onevoicechorus.com. If you'd like to send me a message, please email me at corey.davis at onevoicechorus.com or send us a voice message. <laughs>